excuse me, may I talk to you for a second? Yes. This is the Black Real Estate Dialogue, and the purpose of the Black Real Estate Dialogue is to document the journey of an up-and-coming real estate investor and to share the stories of successful Black real estate investors. What's up, y'all? The biggest mistake I made when I started investing was not properly educating myself on landlord insurance. To be honest, I just went with the cheapest quote, and I didn't know what I was doing at all. So a few years later, the HVAC system in the property went out and I found out that I didn't have the proper coverage. So I had to pay for the whole project out of pocket. Issues are going to happen as an investor. We can't avoid them. So it's important to make sure that you're properly insured to protect your investment. Steadily's coverage is low cost and they pride themselves on providing excellent service. Click the link below in the show notes to get a free quote. And also for the month of November, Steadily is offering a $20 gift card to anyone who gets a free quote. So click the link down below, get your free quote today, and I'll talk to you soon. Welcome back to the Black Real Estate Dialogue. And today's investor spotlight is all about how to look for the opportunity in sports complexes. If you think about the world of commercial real estate, man, this is a hidden gem. And so we have Ibrahim Badmans from episode number 71 to join us for this highlight. And so, yo, This next 10, 11 minutes is so dope. Uh, Get ready. Really, really good stuff here. Let's go. That's so crazy because everybody who's listening to this has some concept of what a sports facility is. Some maybe you're athletes or you probably had one in your town where you or city where you lived at. Sure. And I never thought about all this stuff. Like when you think when you it seems like it's a very meticulous and data driven process, especially as you mentioned, just, you know, doing the feasibility studies like you know, looking at the demographics, what they do, what they spend money on. Um, I never I never connected the two and, and, and thought that that information would feed into the design and ultimately what a sports complex in a particular city would look like. So that's kind of that's pretty crazy, but it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's always this, this good saying I always heard where there's mystery, there's margin. <laughs> you know, um, and like there's a ton of mystery. And once you you know figure all of that stuff out, you, there's a lot of margin to be made. Um, but generally, you know, this is probably not well known either. But sports facilities, the best ones are just breaking even, to be honest with you. There's really? a very there's very few that are really blowing it out of the water. Um, and we can talk a little bit about why that is. But the truth of the matter is, you know, there's only so many hours in the day. You're almost you're almost playing from behind. Right. When you're in a, when you have a sports facility. So you got to plan meticulously because if you don't, you're losing out on these hours that you can never get back. Right. So if I got a Monday from five to nine and I don't fill it, I'll never get that Monday back. Right. I got to maximize for that Monday. So I got to fill it. And the way a lot of people fill it are a few ways. Uh, we could, we talked about some of the actual sports that you can play, but then you got to talk about the programming piece of it. So there's generally three types of pro three types of things you can do. You can have a league, which is the most consistent. Um, you can have a tournament, which is also fairly consistent. Um, that, or you can you can have programming, which could be a lesson, um, maybe a, a group lesson or what have you. And then lastly, you can have your rentals, which is basically saying, hey, this is the space, pay me for it, do whatever you want on the time, with that time on that space. So um, sports facility operators have to decide between those four on every single um, dollar per, or actually uh, space per hour. 
um, or per minute or per unit, whatever unit you want to use to measure. But they have to decide on that because if they don't, um, really they're, like I said, you'll never get that back. Yeah. So some people allot certain hours for rentals and say, put it on their website. Hey, this is for rentals. You know when to rent it, boom. Some people allot certain hours for leagues. Um, and, you know, that's pretty uh, clear. Uh, some people allot hours for tournaments and tournaments primarily happen on the weekends. So a really good facility. Um, there's some really good ones. Uh, out, you know, all over the all over the country. But you know, I've saw I've seen ones that just do all rentals. So all they do literally is just collect the check and say, "Here, don't get hurt. You know, we'll watch over you." But they're not operating anything, right? They're just basically the landlord. Here you are. Here's the time. You know, they rent it. That's a really good model. It's a lazy model, right? But it's a really <laughs> it's a really good model because there's very little liability in that, right? You don't you're not worried about if someone's going to fill it or not. If they're there, they're there. Great. Um, I've seen people have a little mix of everything, but uh, I think the best leagues, in my opinion, the best places have a good mix of leagues and tournaments. Mm -hmm. um, I saw there was there was a facility that I was uh, I was um, helping out with. Um, it was, gosh, I want to say. Two hundred thousand square feet, so wow. uh, pretty big um, turf fields all over. I mean, they did a million more than a million in tournaments a year and more than a million in leagues a, a, a year. Right. Um, wow. Did a rip? Did yeah? It's, it's 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 an exceptionally run well well run well run organization. But you got to think leagues are a, it's a community product, right? Yeah. When you have a league, your people who are constituents in that town, they're coming every week. You know they're coming, right? They're coming on schedule because you have a schedule for them, and that's at least eight to ten weeks of guaranteed revenue, right? Um, which is a really really you know um, reliable product to have. That's why a lot of program, a lot of facilities go leagues on the weekdays because it's a very reliable product. Um, you go adult leagues, youth leagues, doesn't matter. As long as you can, I can say 10 weeks out of the year, I know this is going to be filled. That's perfect. And generally they break the year up in four or five pieces. So when you get, you know, you got 50 some odd weeks in the year, you can break that up into 10 different or five different pieces. You know, you got 10 weeks. That's one fifth of my my seat. One fifth of my year. That space is covered. I'm good. Yeah. Right. That's a great that's a great um, problem to, to have. Like when you, you, you know that it's actually not a problem. It's a great uh, benefit to have um, because, you know, not only will you make money on them coming in for the league, but you also make money when they want to get a Gatorade right in your yeah. in your concessions or when they want to get fries or chips or anything like that. So it's a really, really consistent product. Um, the One of the more lucrative products, in my opinion, are tournaments which are primarily run on weekends. So when you have a tournament, uh, the reason why it's so lucrative is because you're charging a premium for a very small amount of time. So in, for a, in a league, you know, I get you paying me, you know, you pay me up front for a certain amount of time and you're coming over the course of 10 weeks. In a tournament, you pay me a, you pay me a certain amount, a premium amount to play may, maybe one game, maybe two games, maybe three games, right? The better teams are going to probably make, I'm, they're going to make out better than we, than we will. But the bad teams will make out, won't make out at all because they'll maybe lose a few games and they're out of the tournament, right? And and then you get a ton of highly concentrated visitors. When you get when you have tournaments, you have parents, grandparents, cousins, uncles. They all come to watch. They all come to watch, and they're all eating at the concession stand, right? And they're all staying at hotels, right? And they're all traveling with their rental cars. So this mm -hmm. is this is all really good stuff for the community, for the for the city. And this is why it's so lucrative, because not only are you making money from the uh, tournament, but you're also making money on ancillary ways, concessions, 
You're making money from rebates that you might have with certain restaurants, right? You're making money from rebates with hotels. That's a big piece of revenue in the sports facility industry. Um, so generally what happens is I say I'm running a tournament on this weekend. Mm -hmm. I know I'm going to get, I already have a hundred teams scheduled to come, right? I'm actually have the, um, uh, this, they call this having holding rights to a tournament. So I'm a rights holder to the tournament. I can go to a hotel and people, if some of the people who might have, you know, soccer teams or whatever, this is, dude, you go ahead and do this because the hotels, listen, I have hundred teams coming. I'm guaranteeing they're coming. They don't know where to stay. Like now, so, so you go to a, maybe a visitor's bureau. That's one way you can go do it. But visitor's bureau basically works for the state or the city and they, they're funded all by hotel tax revenue. So you can go to Visitors Bureau and they can set it up for you, or you can go to a specific hotel that you like, or maybe you know you have a relationship with, and you say, for every room you book, I want $10 back and 10% of every single room. And this is that's, that's very standard in wow. this industry. So you get your 10 and 10 is what they call it. Most, I've seen, I've seen 10 and 25, I've seen 20 and 25, right? So you get your $10, 10% for every room that's booked, because I know that they're registering for my tournament and the hotel will gladly do that because hotels struggle on weekends, right? They struggle with visit. They struggle to get people in on weekends. They, they succeed on the weekdays because they get a lot of business travel, but on the weekends is where they struggle. And this is why some hotels have sales roles primarily for youth sports. And that's all they do. They connect with teams and rights holders and make sure that they're collecting, making sure these teams are coming to their place and not somewhere else. Man, my mind is kind of blown right now because <laughs> <laughs> I played I played basketball growing up through high school. And, um, you know, we play all over the place. I'm from Brooklyn, New York. Originally, uh, we played all over the place. You know, we pay our little five, ten dollars to play here, play there. Um, but I never I kind of wish I knew about like the operations of it and these kind of things when I was a kid. I mean, who knows just to know or maybe I would have tried to be in that industry. I mean, I like sports. So, um, man, that's that's. This is some great information. Yeah, no, it's um, it's a great, it's a, it was a great time. You know, uh, I I learned a ton. I learned a ton about business. I think, um, the biggest misconception is when you walk into a huge facility, you automatically think that they're making money, right? Because it's so big, and maybe you come in a really busy day, like man, this place is wild. Go in there on a Tuesday morning. Go in there on a Tuesday afternoon. I'm sure you could probably hear the phone ring in that facility, right? Because Generally, they struggle with that. And then the most, the hardest time for any facility by far, hands down, especially an indoor facility, is the summer because it's so nice outside. Um, so generally what you have is you have to build camp products. That's what I, that falls under the programming category. So when you build camp products, you're basically trying to make sure you're in this such a, that that is in, its, in and of itself a very competitive market, summer camps. So, I mean, you're competing with band camp. You know, you're competing with reading camp and, um, you know, maybe you have a famous sports player who has a camp or whatever. Um, they camp at, you know, maybe a specific, you know, uh, place. So there's tons of competition. Um, so youth sports facilities are trying to find creative ways to get people in the doors in the summer when it's hot, even though they know there's I mean, no one wants to be in Zores during the summertime. Yeah, yeah. Right. So uh, it's a it's a very, very competitive time. And generally, that's where you see a dip in revenue for generally every single facility, uh, except for the weekends. Because, as you mentioned, when you're on a when you're on a travel team, um, that's generally when they go. They travel in the summertime, and that's generally where you kind of make up a, a ton of money on that on that end. But 
Weekdays, very barren. Barren is really, really barren. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Black Real Estate Dialogue Podcast. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Black Real Estate Dialogue and on Twitter at Bread Podcast. That's B-R-E-D Podcast. Until next time.